Alright guys, welcome back to the show. We're getting a little chat here about Buffy the Vampire Slayer once again. This is Season 4, Episode 7, entitled The Initiative. It's about dying time we have came across The Initiative in this series. It is probably out of all the Buffy series is up to this point. I know I'm talking about it like it's happening right now, but we're just going through the classic stuff here, and we're just hitting it really with fresh eyes for the first time in probably 15 years. I'm sitting down to watch this again, and I'd forgotten just how slow a start this season was. Just any other season, you found out fairly early in the first couple of episodes what the big bad was going to be or the big main thing the big main problem of the series was going to be, and of course this one here, the initiative is a huge part of it. But I'm pretty sure there's something else on there I'd have completely forgotten about. But the initiative itself, the soldiers running around Sunnydale on the campus, is just, you know, for me, it has been a frustrating run waiting to find out who these guys are. Like, I mean, taking seven episodes to actually get a look inside this place and find out who's involved in it is just, yeah crap but again having said that there with the readjustment in season four from losing cordelia and angel and whatnot you know wanted to do a bit of fresh character building uh, especially if everybody went out of their high school and going to university and whatnot so i do get it but at the same time frustrating so at the beginning of this episode we see riley finally he's getting more screen time at this point and <laughs> This is the episode where I do remember it the first time. I'm pretty sure I've probably said it in this podcast before, but um, I do remember, I, I, I had remembered what Ready was going to be going into this series again. And for me, it's had it exactly the same way it did the first time around, because you do get to see him in uh, the military role by the end of this episode very swiftly on it maybe um yeah for me no harm to the man but i just cannot take him seriously whenever he he's posing as a teaching assistant for professor walsh and you know he's your average sort of i was gonna say teenager there but a guy in his early to mid 20s and he's just you know he's uh, just your average Joe, more or less, passing himself off as that there. But whenever they get into the initiative in this episode and he switches over to that, you know, soldier. And there's one point where he's leaving to go out and he looks, he gives this look towards Professor Walsh. She's part of the initiative as well. And uh, he's got the, the hard man look on his face where he's got the eyebrows down and he's very serious and whatnot and he's going by and he gives her this look as if to say right we're going to kick some ass here and I just very first time around could not take him seriously and that role I don't know what it is I don't know uh, for me he just, does, just can't pull off the the tough guy for me, I don't know what it is. No harm to the actor is playing him, but uh, yes, and I have suffered from this condition all my life, and I am pretty damn sure if anybody ever hears of me getting beaten to death somewhere, it's because I've laughed 
when I shouldn't have laughed. And whenever he goes into this hardcore thing, it really makes me chuckle. But <laughs> that's just me. I don't know if anybody else has that same reaction to him. If you do, please feel free to let me know. But at the beginning of the episode, he's sitting with these other two guys, Forrest and Graham. And they're watching and talking about Buffy and the cafeteria at the the college. And, you know, they're... Uh, speaking in a way about Buffy that if they were, you know, if they were talking about, they're talking about how good looking she is, and what they would like to do with her if they got the chance to do with it, you know. And just thinking on it now, and I'm very careful in the way I'm saying that the I'm talking about that now because I do understand the way things are in present day. And some of the stuff these guys say, not just at the opening of the episode, but a few points throughout the episode, is very, you know, if this was going out now, and like it's a completely different time from the from when this here was brought out in television. And some of the things that they're saying in this episode just don't fly anymore. And there'd be a lot of online petitions. I would, I would really think if this episode came out, if this series came out now fresh, and working over this stuff because it's not the the sort of stuff that uh, again flies these days but they're going over this here this, these two guys Forrest and Graham and Riley he's kind of passing it off as you know he doesn't really want to make fun of her and whatnot. Uh, we cut over to Giles and Xander and Giles he's sitting sketching and he's trying to work out he's trying to do a sketch of these commandos the Buffy's been running on to and he's like well these guys are humans so Buffy won't need her help with them so there's a bit of comedy with these two and this episode where they're feeling left out you know Giles is no longer a watcher and uh, Xander he's out in the real world going from job to job not fitting on anywhere and they're definitely not fitting on in their eyes to the slayer and everything she's doing. Uh, Buffy turns up again. Giles, he tells her to go patrol, but she's, you know, he, even though he's not officially a watcher, he's still there to help her. And, uh, yes, she's more than happy to take his help as well. But, uh, again, just feels more left out than he wants to. But uh, she says he's not gonna, she's not going to patrol that night. She wants to take Willow to a party to cheer her up after Oz leaving in the last episode and try and get her out of her funk. And uh, thankfully in this episode we don't get the boo-hoo Willow that much. She's down and out and whatnot. But she's in that last episode was just... Um, go back and check it out. I'm not going to go through that again. Um, so we finally cut over to Spike. We've seen him in what episode... Who was it of this series? He turned up and he was there at the opening of the episode. I think I've said, see, episode two, maybe episode three. He turned up and he was doing his hard man speech and behind Buffy, she didn't see him. And he got his ass knocked out by a taser and trailed away. So that was like four, four episodes or so ago. So we haven't got a clue where he's at up to this point, but we do cut to him. He wakes up and, uh, this facility where there's all these uh, cages, let's just say, and uh, when I say cages, there's no metal bars on them, so we sell, and there's 
like a glass in the front of it, but it's electrified. And uh, yes, so he tries to break out, but the barrier knocks him back. Um, a packet of blood has dropped through the ceiling on the spike's cell. He's going to go and drink it, but the vampire in the cell next to him warns him that the doctors starve the vampires and then feed them drugged blood before doing experiments on them. And this our vampire was the one that got away from Buffet in episode one, I believe. And he's been there ever since. So Spike doesn't drink the blood. Um, so that's all here in the spring. Spike to the conclusion that the stair is behind his capture. And he's like, I was always worried about what happened to that. If she ever got funding or whatnot. And this is what it is. So he's putting us all down to what they... Buffy and the Scooby gang is doing he thinks they've got a bit of money behind them now and they've bought some sort of superhero facility and whatnot. Um, back up on the campus Forrest asks Parker about Buffy of course Parker's the guy that had the one night stand with her um, he does he brags about the night he had with her and for me I can take a lot. It doesn't. It takes a hell of a lot for me to get. You know, I don't want to say offended, but to the po- something that takes me to the point of saying, "What a dick!" And this guy goes right there very quickly, and what he did to her and whatnot. Um, at that point, really punched him. Uh, I don't know if he knocked him out or not. We kind of cut out to the outside as they're leaving after this punch, and. Uh, Yes, go Riley at this point. Even though I can't take him seriously as the hard man. Again, if I die, if I get beaten to death somewhere, it's because somebody has, a situation has arose, somebody beats me to death, it's some big guy that just, like Riley is built, you know, he's huge, he's a big guy, muscular, he could easily kick my ass right now, I would say, but... If he come up to me with a hard man acting, even in real life, somebody did that there, and it just they didn't, they weren't able to carry it off. I think it's just the fact that he's such a pretty boy. You know what I mean? And he just, yeah, it just doesn't work. But in this moment, he realizes that he likes Buffy, so he's going off to find her and have a chat with her. Uh, back in the initiative where Spike's been held at, he's on the floor pretending to be a unconscious from the drug blood and when the doctors try to get him onto a, tr- a stretcher to take him for tests he attacks he lets this other vampire to his cell the guy next to him and give him the warning but this is only to use him to get out of there to you know aid in his escape and uh, yes Tom quickly this other vampire quickly gets dusted by these soldiers uh, so Spike Trying his hardest to get out there. Uh, we cut back over to the college dorms. And Riley visits Follow and asks her for her advice and, you know, trying to court Buffy. He's very old fashioned in the way he says, I've never courted someone like this before. Um, which again is the words I got there, make, him, make me not take him seriously as well. But Willow, she's still, you know, down in the dumps about Oz leaving and she questions his motives about eventually uh, listening to some of Buffy's you know she 
questions his motives more or less. You know, do you really like her? Are you just going to be here to, you know, rip her heart out of her chest and throw her to the dogs and whatnot? But, uh, yeah, she eventually gives him some of Buffy's likes and then thrusts. Uh, we cut back over to Spike after he's escaped the initiative. He returns to his lair where Harmony, well, let's just say it's Harmony's lair now, uh, telling her that he's back for good. And, you know, he's just back on the day when I kill Buffy sort of thing. Uh, the party that night where Buffy was going to take Willow to cheer her up, Willow tries to help Riley flirt with Buffy. Not much success there. He screws it up straight away. Uh, yes, Willow, she gets upset when uh, Oz's band starts playing on the radio. Somebody was collecting music from some of the people that were playing at the Bronze over the years. And, of course, Oz's band would be in there. And, of course, the song starts. And... Uh, She's not happy. And, uh, yes. So, Riley gets the song turned off and they sort of have a little moment together where I screwed up and she's like, yes, you did. <laughs> so, uh, we cut back over to Xander. Uh, he's out doing a bit of a trolling for Buffy. He comes across Harmony. She's crying out in the middle of the woods. She's got this load of stuff sitting in the middle of the a little clearing and she's about to set fire to it and we discover that and there's a little fight sequence between Harmony and <laughs> Xander which is, has the you know the score the action music score playing but they're sort of like doing the happy slapping game like neither one of them can fight and they've, at, eventually it goes to the pulling of hair and whatnot it's like I stop if you stop and whatnot. So they figure out, Sander figures out that the stuff she's born in belongs to Spike. And like, oh shit, Spike's back in Sunnydale. Um, yeah, where are we at now? Sander uh, runs looking for Buffy at this point. And he interrupts Riley's renewed attempt to chat Buffy up uh, to tell her that Spike has returned. Uh, Riley has also called away at the same time and he and Forrest break away from the party and after passing through several electronic checkpoints go down a hidden elevator to the underground facility where Spike has been held. So this is the point we discover Riley and a lot of these students are on the initiative and we get down there, Professor Walsh is waiting and she informs them that Hostile 17 which is what they have classified Spike as, has escaped, and they all suit up. And Riley gives orders to three teams that he sends out all over Sunnydale to find Spike. And this is the point where he does the, you know, right, let's go, let's get him. And he gives the orders and sends these guys all off, and then he gets his gun and he locks and loads, and he gives Professor Walsh out there, looking, like, ooh, we're going to go and do stuff. I almost fell off my seat at that point. It's exactly the same reaction that I had the very first time I seen it. Just, I don't know, again, no harm to the man that plays him, but it just doesn't work for me. Uh, Riley's team aren't out long before they spot Buffy sitting on a bench in the middle of the campus on her own. And of course she's there waiting for Spike to find her. Uh, Riley at this point and all the rest of these guys have no idea that she's the slayer. And they're 
trying to plan what they're going to do. You know, get her to safety or whatnot. And like other guys are saying, we'll use her for bait. Uh, Riley doesn't want to use her for bait, and he gets out of his action man gear and the civvies again, and uh, he goes out to get rid of her. Um, yes, of course, neither one of the two of them. No, again, Riley doesn't know she's the slayer. She doesn't know he's with the initiative of these soldiers. And they're trying to come up with excuses to get each other out of harm's way. So meanwhile, Spike has found Buffy's dorm through an old through the school's computer system, and inside the hard arm, while I was feeling miserable, she's on her bed. She's been there pretty much. The whole episode, other than, you know, I'll go to this party and see what's happening. But, you know, she left, came home, back onto the scratcher again. And she's sitting there when uh, the door knocks and she calls out to come in without thinking. Uh, she's never not expecting Spike to swagger through the door. But I'm just curious to you know, how that actually works. Because um, I'm trying to think. Did it ever come up in some of the, the series? It might have come up in the Angel spin-off. But the like of student housing and that sort of thing, would that actually fall under that, let's just say, contract of the vampire can't cross the threshold? Because it's, you know, it's, it's like public bedding, that's just you know, public housing or whatever, you know, does it actually count does he need the invitation to come through there, or not I'm really not sure, it's just one of those little loopholes where you're sitting watching something and you think to yourself okay, I can imagine that uh, somebody's in their, the house that they, well, yeah, no, that could go either way, really, but uh, it's just one of those little things that pop up whenever you're watching these here and you kind of think I wonder because, you know, it's it's not as if they're going to be living there all their lives. You know, they're going to be there for maybe a semester. Then they'll maybe end up living somewhere else. So technically it's not their permanent abode. But I digress. Um, yeah, so Willow tries to get away. And Spike throws her against the bed. Jumps on top of her. And he goes to bite her. Uh, only to be stopped by an intense pain in his head. Now there's a bit of comedy here where... In the episode, uh, you've got a few points throughout it where it cuts to black for about five seconds, and then it continues on. So obviously somewhere in the episode that was left for the shows to be on television, you know, commercials would be, would be put on, so you, you had that little cliffhanger moment before a commercial break, let's just say, where he jumps on top of her and he goes to bite her, he goes in for the neck. She's on her own there, helpless, and... Uh, when we cut back from the black again, she's sitting on the bed. And Spike, he's sitting on the, just at the bottom of the bed. And he's like, this has never happened to me before. And it's the fact that he can't bite her. But they go into this conversation about, you know, uh, that he couldn't perform sexually. You know, it goes into that conversation where she's like, uh, he's like, you know, this has never happened to me before. I don't know what to say. And she's like, well, maybe you were nervous. And whatnot, or was it me? Am I not attractive enough for you? It's a good bit of comedy. That's what I love about Spike and these shows. He is, even though he's the bad guy at this point, um, even with the changes he goes through, he's always kind of the bad guy to a certain extent. But 
when you get a bit of comedy with Spike, he delivers it well. And uh, yeah, they go through that whole thing. And when he's not expecting it, Willow hits him with a lamp and runs out just as Riley and uh, his other soldier friends cut the power to the building. And uh, they charge up to the dorm room. They have tracked Spike down. Obviously, there's this uh, chip on his head now that's going to, every time he goes to bite, try to bite someone, it causes him pain and he can't go through with it. But they can also track him through it. Uh, they capture Spike, but why they consider whether to take Willow or not, because they're thinking, okay, potentially she could have been bitten. She might turn, she might not turn, so they need to. Well, some of them want to take her back to the initiative. But Riley is, you know, maybe we shouldn't. And all, you know, it's just a moment's, a moment of just indecision that gives Buffy the time to arrive. And she starts fighting with Riley and these other soldiers. Again, she does, still doesn't know who these soldiers are, and even if, if Riley's one of them. But, uh, as she was heading out earlier in the episode, she was given uh, a flare gun by Xander. He, it turns out he has a whole bunch of stuff left over from the time that he was... The Halloween episode where they were... They fell under the spell where he was... Where everyone was changed into whatever costume they were wearing and he was a soldier. And in that episode he managed to get his hands on a whole load of weapons. So he still has a few things lying about. One of them was... Uh, a flare gun, and he tells Buffy to take it. If she gets into trouble, shoot off the flare, they'll come running. So, uh, yeah, she sets off the flare. This blinds, temporarily blinds the soldiers. They'd cut the power, it was dark. They had night vision goggles on, so she fires this thing off. They get a blinding light in their eyes, and they're all fighting, but they can't see properly. Um, Yes, uh, Spike breaks free. He uses a fire extinguisher as a shield. And this fills the corridor with smoke. At one point, that busts. You know, he doesn't actually use it spray spray. He's using it as a shield and somebody hits it with something and it breaks open and like all this spray comes out, all this smoke and whatnot. So these guys are blinded and now Buffy's in the fight. And because of all this steamer, smoke, whatever you want to call it, from the fire extinguisher she can't get a good lock on as far as seeing what's going on either but they're fighting and this covers up the identity from each other uh spike manages to escape and haven't seen haven't discovered this Riley orders them to retreat uh back at the initiative professor Wall. she's not happy with what happened with Riley's report on the event but he, he confirms that Walsh's inhibitor chip works Spike can't kill or even harm a human without feeling pain uh, thanks to this implant in his head like obviously he was worked on before he woke up at the beginning of this episode uh, at the end next day uh, Riley catches up with Buffy and they're talking about the night before he's apologising for you know everything uh, Buffy tells him that he's a little peculiar, which he says that he can live with. And this is the exact thing that he had said about her at the beginning of the episode. Not interested in her. Very peculiar. But as he's trying to cover his tracks at the end of this episode, she returns that statement to him. You're a little peculiar. 
I can live with that. So, uh, yeah, this was a fairly good episode. I, I don't know. It's like in the original run on television, I fell out of the show. Uh, and in all honesty, I didn't really watch it fully on television after season two. Uh, if you've been a long listener of this podcast, you'll you'll have heard me saying this before. But you know, season two of Buffy was a great, great season in my opinion. Fantastic, the whole storyline with Buffy and Angel and him going bad and whatnot. And you had Spike and Drew Sulla in there. Uh, it was just a very, very strong season. Uh, season three for me was not as good as season two. But enjoyable, and so far in season four here, it's barely on the same level as season three, in my humble opinion. So, like, it was a great start with season one, uh, great intro to the character, built everything up. Then it went to a high with season two, dropped a little bit with season three, and dropped a little bit further with season four. So, I kind of dropped out at that point, and I only, and it's not the fact that the I dropped out because the the show was bad, but I was just I'm, back in those days. I was incredibly busy, but uh, never ever had the the pull to actually. Oh, Buffy's on. I need to sit down and watch it. I didn't have that from season two, but great, great show nonetheless. And we're going to keep going with it on the podcast here every Monday. All been well, even though this episode is a day late. But you could be listening to this in six months' time, and it could be a Thursday, so that doesn't matter in the slightest. Right, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, let me know if you had the same opinion on uh, Riley's tough guy act. Did uh, Was he able to sell it to you? Because he didn't sell it to me in the slightest. And again, if I ever get kicked to death... That's exactly what's happened. Somebody's tried to act the hard man, and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Then I've got my head kicked on. So, guys, whatever you're doing, do it safely, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.